Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. Hey, if you guys noticed that blooper thing with the audio, what can I say? I'm off to a slow start, like a certain team that we saw beat the Texans tonight, today, 24 to, no, wait. What am I doing now? 27 to 23. Hey, I'm off to a slow start. Now I'm nervous because I messed up the sound effects. Okay, I'll simmer down like the Cowboys did on that final 98-yard touchdown drive. And let's get started officially. I'm even red and everything because I, I hey, five-yard penalty, as Bruce God the Toxic Use says in the YouTube chat. Shout out to everybody. Welcome into the show. Let's talk about this one. It was not a pretty game, but it was a win for Dallas. That, first and foremost, makes this show way easier, or at least our feelings way easier, because it means several things. One, that the Cowboys gave what could have been a loss that destroyed your NFC East title hopes completely, because the Cowboys might seem like a long shot right now to win the division, but they're still within reach. They're still hoping for an Eagles loss to maybe have a surprise run at the division title. Tough but doable, maybe. A loss against the Texans would have thrown that those hopes out of the window. So the Cowboys at least get the win. They leave to fight another day. They take a sigh of relief. And now we have to worry, though, about a potential major loss that the Cowboys are fearing right now. Now, my question from me to you is, from 1 to 10... How painful would it be to lose Terrence Steele for the rest of the season if it happens or for an extended period of time? Terrence Steele will undergo an MRI on Monday morning. But right now, the fear is that the Cowboys starting right tackle has suffered a knee injury and the Cowboys are concerned. I will read you the tweet from Todd Arker from ESPN because there are multiple reports out there indicating that Terrence Steele suffered a serious injury to his left knee, according to multiple sources. That is Todd Arker from ESPN, and he adds he will undergo more tests Monday for uh, um, exact diagnosis, but Jason Peters, Josh Ball will be counted on if he's out for an extended period of time. First and foremost, that is not ideal. From 1 to 10, how painful is that for the offense? In my opinion, they shouldn't overthink the solution, but we will get into that. They shouldn't overthink that Jason Peters, Jason Peters, Josh Ball debate, apparently. And we'll talk about what happened in the game, too, about that. But let's see here. Let's see what you guys feel here on, on Terrence Steele's injury. 
Six to Midnight goes with eight. Peter Rizzo goes with nine. Sean with a 10. Holly with a 10. The same for uh, Tommy. Eight for six. We've got 6.9 for Lumen. Nice. Seven for Miller Corvette. 10 says Nicholas. The bulk of run gains are because of the right side. And that is true. Turn still, ladies and gentlemen, has looked quite, quite good for the Cowboys since he took over the starting right tackle position. I was never a fan of moving on from Lyle Collins, but there is no denying that Terence Steele has done a very good job this season, especially in the running game. There are some issues in pass pro, but in the running game, Terence Steele has been one of the best Cowboys offensive linemen this season. Losing him hurts, and we saw it hurt right away because Josh Ball entered the game, and as you know, we don't like Josh Ball a lot around these parts because he struggles. I think that he has proven consistently that he isn't cut out for the job. And he did that in the preseason. He did that in training camp. And he did that today against the Texans. Pretty much costed the Cowboys the game, you could say so, if it wasn't for the Texans' inability to score from the Cowboys' own four-yard line. Because Josh Ball gave back-to-back, gave up back-to-back pressures against the Texans. One of them, you know, broke the play. And then the next one after that, the defender gets his hands on Dak Prescott's arms. And it might have been a, a poor throw either way. Uh, Dak Prescott talked about it as well after the game. But the fact of the matter is the defender got his hands in Dak Prescott's arm as he passed the ball. And then the, the, the pass was intercepted. And the Texans had the lead and the ball at the four-yard line with a chance to seal the game. I love I loved the decision by the Texans to go for it on fourth and goal. I think that was the only way to go for them. So good choice there, but they weren't able to execute. The Texans gave up the football once more and suddenly the Cowboys had an opportunity to mount, mount a miraculous 98-yard touchdown drive to seal the thing and take over the lead at the end of the game. So there was though, one particular difference between that drive that almost killed the Cowboys and that drive in which the Cowboys looked like themselves again. And that was the guy playing at right tackle because the Cowboys benched Josh Ball and then they let Jason Peters take over. I understand why the Cowboys wanted to give Josh Ball a shot. Jason Peters has been preparing on the left side. You have already been asking a lot from him over this season because you have had him play inside even though he hasn't really played a lot of inside offensive line positions throughout his career he's been mainly a tackle here and there he's mixed some guard assignations but for the most part Jason Peters has been a tackle for his career and you've been switching his job throughout this season playing him at guard and tackle over at the left side and now suddenly you asked him to play on the right side. That was going to be a tall task. So I understand why maybe the Cowboys wanted to give Josh Ball a chance at the job. But it was pretty clear that Ball isn't it. And it's been clear for a while now. So Peters enters the game and the Cowboys mount this miraculous drive. And Peters moved people up front. He, he protected Dak Prescott quite well. Dak Prescott sat in a comfortable pocket throughout that series as he connected with Dalton Schultz, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott. Noah Brown had a fantastic catch towards the sideline on a smash, high-low kind of passing concept. 
to beat Lobie Smith's cover two defense. And it was a pretty, pretty good drive. I'll say this. From 1 to 10, I would go with a 7 in terms of how painful the Terrence Steele injury is. Because the Cowboys offensive line has not been perfect. But if you ask me what has been one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason for their improvement week to week, I would say it's continuity. McGovern is still McGovern. He, he has some inconsistencies to his game. Tyler Smith is getting away with some issues in pass pro. Terrence Steele as well over at the, at the right edge. Tyler Biotish has been a bright spot for this offensive line, but he also shows some inconsistencies here and there. But there has been continuity for the Cowboys offensive line throughout this entire season. We have not seen many injuries for this unit, and that has been huge for the Cowboys. So now they're being challenged with a big injury at right tackle. Now, Jason Peters has played that position before in his career. Maybe his best position is over at the left side. Maybe that's what he has been preparing for. But I also think that you could be fine with Jason Peters at right tackle. You should be fine, especially if Tyron is coming back soon and you will have Tyron and Tyler manning the left side and then uh, Jason Peters over at the right side. It should not be a disaster. I don't know if it's your ideal situation, but it definitely is a, a situation which you can you can live with. I would say at least. But when the Cowboys come out there and say, oh, Josh Ball or Jason Peters will be the guys that we turn to, I, I need to call BS. I don't think that Josh Ball is in that a conversation. I don't think that the Cowboys should overthink that one. It's got to be Jason Peters. Jason Peters is the guy to, to go to fix this problem. Mr. Will Toxic says, I would be looking at free agent tackles tonight. That could happen, especially for depth, though. I don't see the Cowboys signing an offensive lineman and throwing him into the starting lineup. I don't think that would be ideal. I think your ideal scenario is to play Jason Peters at the right side and hopefully have Tyron Smith back pretty soon here uh, ahead of some of the most important games of the season, including that 24th of December showdown against the Philadelphia Eagles. So big, big development for the Cowboys in this game. And I know that we, we will talk more a little bit here about the loss in general, uh, about the win, excuse me, that maybe felt like a loss for a while. Uh, we'll, we'll get into some of the pros and cons of the game. But in my opinion, the most frustrating thing about this game was losing Terrence Steele and also maybe Jonathan Hankins missing some playing time because Jonathan Hankins, by the way, suffered a pec strain According to multiple reporters, this one is from Todd Arker. He tweeted out, defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins suffered a pectoral strain per sources. He will have more tests Monday to determine the severity of the injury. And of course, uh, he, adds, he has played well since the trade from Las Vegas. He has, played, he has played so, so good that when Hankins left the game injured, you saw the Texans insist on those inside runs, and they were being successful. I don't have the numbers for you. I will look for them tomorrow. I'll see if I, I have them available somewhere. 
But I, I can assure you that the Texans were significantly more successful running the football once Hankins had to leave the game. That is a big injury for the Cowboys. They brought him in at the trade deadline to man that nose tackle position. Now, Samuel says peck strain ain't that bad. And of course, on Monday, we'll hear more. He could miss some time. And specifically, the game that you don't want him to miss is that one against the Eagles. Because that offensive line can move people. And Hankins is the guy that might help them and I might help the Cowboys not be pushed around up front. That is a game that I'm looking for. I know that we want him for the playoffs, but I, we also know that we want the Cowboys to beat the Eagles, and you want to have Hankins for that one. So something to monitor for sure. Maybe the pec strain is not a season-ending injury or anything like that, but hopefully he is ready to go a couple of weeks from now when the Cowboys play Hankins. Let me see some of your comments here in the show as we continue to share some frustrations for this one. It was a tough game. Joey Bella says, did y'all see Zach Martin when Gallup supposedly dropped out? Says uh, Joey Bella. Do you mean the, the play towards the end of the game in which Gallup basically catches the touchdown and then lets the football go? Because I did. Zach Martin takes the football and then he kind of runs into the end zone just in case. He's just following the football in case it is a fumble. That was a that was a tough play. I, I can see why the refs called it an incomplete pass, but also I looked at it and it seemed to me like for a brief split second, Gallup holds on to the football. And I thought that there was maybe a slim chance that the Cowboys got that overturned and maybe got the touchdown. But I understand why. But I understand why Dallas. Uh, excuse me, why the refs called it an incomplete pass. You know, that catch going through the ground rule is very complicated, but I understand it. I thought that was an amazing throw, by the way. Let's talk about that as well. What is one word, ladies and gentlemen, what is one word to describe Dak Prescott's game against the Houston Texans? Let me know in the chat what is your word for that. And I'll have an answer for you, Tommy, here after you guys answer the question. And while you do that, while you think of that word, and before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Because ladies and gentlemen, Freeman Mazda, as always, is bringing you ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And this time, the ride of the week is the 2022 Mazda CX-5 2.5S Select. This one starts at $29,920. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, all-wheel drive, a lane departure warning assist, a convertible roof, and heated seats and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 when you are in the city. That goes up to 30 when you are in the highway. So make sure that you check out the Freeman Mazda right off the week over at their website. And remember that when you choose FreemanMazda.net, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Let's see. What is one word to describe Dak Prescott's game? Here we go. Maddening, says Lunatic. I can agree to that. I can agree to that. Foreboding, says Miserable Toxic. I like this one. I like this one and I, because I can see where Toxic is coming from. We, we just want to see the Cowboys be consistent. Listen, last weekend... 
it was easy to overlook a slow start when the Cowboys scored 33 points in the fourth quarter. And you think, well, you know, the Colts were fired up. It was a primetime game. Slow start, not a big deal. But then you get it for a second consecutive uh, week against an even inferior team like the Texans. You don't like it. It's, it's hard to ignore the true story of this game, which was Dak Prescott at one point in the fourth quarter, completing less than 60% of his pass attempts. Micah Parsons having one pressure all game long. CeeDee Lamb having 23 receiving yards at that particular point in the game before the Cowboys had a chance at moving the ball down the field 98 yards and, and getting the touchdown. Your stars didn't show up, and that includes Dak Prescott. For most of the game, that is, because in that final drive, they did show up, but still, we know that that is not enough. So I like that miserable, toxic word, uh, foreboding. Terrible, says Jeff. Tolerable, says uh, Holly. Shaky. Let's see, redemption for Peter Rizzo. Lucky, says Lumen. I will go. Uh, oh, inconsistent is a good one as well over at Facebook. Tommy goes with frustrating. By the way, Toxic had a question. Let me get to that right away. He says, Tyler Smith at swing tackle. Mo, what do you think? The, Jerry Jones already said that Tyler at swing tackle, it, it's not, not really a possibility. I, I don't think that the Cowboys will explore mm, changing either Tyron or Tyler to the right side. I don't think that they will explore that, to be honest with you. And I think that Jerry Jones already ruled that out. I will go with Ark. I I will go with Ark because just how it ended, man. Dak Prescott was super shaky. This was possibly his worst game of the season. I'm, I'm maybe excluding the week one game against the Bucks because that was a very ugly game for the entire team. And this one did feel like Dak had some very bad throws in it, uh, some errant decisions here and there. That final drive, though, <laughs> was he was a surgeon moving down the field with dimes. And he had thrown some dimes over the course of the game. He threw one to Dalton Schultz in the end zone. That number 86 has no excuse to drop. But that was an absolute dime. He had another to Michael Gallup on the sideline. Those throws to Dalton Schultz, that throw that put the, the Cowboys on first and goal territory over the scene to Dalton Schultz, right in that uh, you know, how they call it, that sweet spot against the cover two was really an impressive throw. You have Christian Kierski, the linebacker, fully extending, extending his arm vertically, trying to get to the football. But Dak Prescott plays that football beautifully to Dalton Schultz. And then you get the Michael Gallup close call in the end zone. And then finally, the Cowboys run it in for six with Ezekiel Elliott. So that I will go with Ark just because of how it ended for Dak. But Prescott did not have a pretty game. And you guys know that I like Dak. But it was definitely a frustrating one because of the bad throws and the bad decisions at several times. Does that mean, you know, that the Cowboys uh, quarterback is an issue moving forward? No, it really doesn't. But it does mean that we're living in the same world over and over again in which we are talking slow starts and we are talking about those risky throws that end in the interceptions. This was another interception game for, for Dak Prescott. He's had 
entering this game, he had six interceptions in six games since his return. Then you add the interceptions here. Definitely not an ideal situation. Here we go. This is a good comment here. Lunatic says that pass to Schultz late in the game is normally where Dak throws his ints, but this pass was a dime. That's right. It was right over the middle of the field, a seam throw. The Texans were unsurprisingly playing cover too, and he had that honey spot right there. Mo, Dak was shaky, says Bruce, and so was Schultz at times. I think they both made it up on the game winner. I agree. I agree. That 98-yard touchdown drive was really impressive. Really, really impressive. It was like, oh, this is what good teams do. And the Texans were like, oh, that is what bad teams do. And what I mean is you had the Cowboys on one side closing out the game, sealing the deal, and you had the Texans crumbling at the last moment. That is what you want to see from the Cowboys. You don't want to see them in these kind of situations for the Texans, but once you find yourself in that situation, there's a big difference between failing to, to close out the deal and not doing so. Because as Aileen says here in the YouTube chat, and I love this comment, and thank you for your donation as well, Aileen Pepper says, if Mahomes did what Dak just did, we would be cheering. And I actually agree. Here's why. The reason why we wouldn't be cheering, excuse me, the reason why we would be cheering for Patrick Mahomes in this kind of scenario, which, by the way, we have seen at times throughout his career, him stinging it up for close to 60 minutes and then turning it up at the end of the game. We have seen that. The reason why we, we cheer for Mahomes is because we are sure of what Mahomes is. The reason why we don't cheer for Prescott, and when I say we, I mean, you know, the Cowboys fan base in general, because, for example, I, I'm a huge supporter of Dak Prescott. I think that he's a top 10 quarterback in this league still. I think that what the frustration is with Dak is that fans have not seen him win those playoff games and they have not seen him be that top three quarterback consistently or, or in the case of Mahomes, honestly be the best quarterback that there is in this league right now. And I understand that. So instead of, and, and to compliment what Eileen is saying, I would make it more than a quarterback comment because that is a very, you know, blurry conversation and it never gets anywhere. I would say that the, the quarterback debate for the Cowboys I would rather just flip it on its head and, and use it as a team comment. The Tampa Bay Bucks last weekend just had a Monday night football comeback drive and everyone lost it because it was Tom Brady having the comeback. And, and they should have lost it because it was a pretty cool game and a pretty cool moment for, for Tom Brady. But Tom Brady did not play a good football game that night. It was a very good moment, and, and the Bucs showed that they could beat their opponent at the last moment, the Saints, because the Saints are not a playoff team. And maybe the Bucs aren't either, but the point remains. Uh, what I'm trying to say is it was a bad game overall, but at least you can kind of shrug it off and say, well, the Cowboys won. Now it's about the next week. Now it's about what you will do to the Jacksonville Jaguars that just destroyed the Tennessee Titans, by the way. And I will say, 
We did say here on Primetime that the most scary team of the AFC South might be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and we'll see what happens next week. Should be a fun game to talk about with Dak Prescott going up against uh, Trevor Lawrence and company. So I'd say that the sweet spot that we would like to find here is, okay, the Cowboys lost. It is a concern because of uh, the Cowboys won, excuse me, but they almost lost. Well, didn't play well is what I mean. Shouldn't be completely ignored this low start because of the final score. The real story of this game should not be ignored, in my opinion. But also, I would say the Cowboys are still 10 and 3. The Cowboys are still one of the best teams in the NFC. And they're still legitimate contenders. But you cannot have these low starts in the playoffs. You cannot. So can they fix it moving forward or not? That is the question. Lumen says Jacksonville is tough. <laughs> and Lumen knows what he's talking about. Never heard of the 10 and 3 trophy, says miserable, toxic. And that is fair. But also it is a very good, uh, it is a very good win-loss record to have right now. Let's see. Cousins did not play well today against Detroit, says the real Darrell. They lost in Dallas, the same record as Minnesota. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here and tomorrow night, we will talk more about the Cowboys loss and some of the key angles of it. Who is a standout? Who is your primetime performer of the week? Let's talk some positives before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm typing the question in the chat. Who is your primetime performer of the week? Let me know in the chat. Turpin, a top three-point returner, says Samuel. And Turpin is good, man. Turpin is good, but he he had that fumble early in the game. And man, it is hard to, to take those easy when that is your one role with the team. Like if it was CD Lamp returning punts for the Cowboys and he had a fumble, well, you cannot be too hard on CD Lamp because of what he does for your team overall. But when you are taking up a, ro a roster spot out of 53, and you have a fumble. It's, easy, it's hard to shake those off. You need to criticize them for sure. But also, Turpin has done a good job for the Cowboys overall. So just about cleaning things up. But still, not something that you can shake off any easy. Uh, Pollard says, Brett, DeMarcus, of course, is Holly. DeMarcus had a game. I would also say for the defense, Leighton Banderesh. Leighton Banderesh, I think, had a good game. DeLon Pollard says, Lenatic. Donovan Wilson says, Craig, there you go. Pollard again. Let's see here. Jason Peters is Juan Gonzalez. Jason Peters has to be the guy. Jason Peters would have my game ball for sure. Uh, Joey Bell also went with Jason Peters. But, but then again, it's hard to, to, to give the primetime performer of the game to a guy that pretty much played one, one drive at right tackle. The reason why we're giving him the, the recognition. But he does deserve it, though. <laughs> LVE. I like that one. Miserable Toxic says Jason, not Josh Ball Peters. <laughs> there you go. That is a good nickname. Anthony Brown says six to midnight. <laughs> Man, Kelvin Joseph, also a topic that we should touch on moving forward this weekend. Uh, this week, LBE is making a, a name, says Juan. Floyd goes with Joseph. My primetime performer says Lumen Schultz. Interesting. 
He stepped up big in that final drive. Was not a pretty game before that, though, with the drops and everything. Uh, Noah Brown says, Craig, what a, what a catch, man, by Noah. What a catch. LB needs some respect, says Miserable Toxic. Man, yes. He's been, he's been playing well all season long, not going to lie. LB would be mine, maybe on defense. And then also I would add Jason Peters just because of what happened. Uh, Mr. Bull Toxic says, I criticized KJ last week. Glad that he proved me wrong. He had a, he had a good third down stop that got the defense off the field, but not easy to be excited about Kelvin Joseph's game uh, either on this one. Gonna be fun diving into the tape and getting into more details. But for tonight, it will be it for me uh, on the show. Sorry to keep it a little bit short, but uh, we will make up for it maybe tomorrow night with a fun one. And with uh, be on the lookout for a potential story over at adzsportsdallas.com. Possibly got an article coming out tomorrow that I think that you will enjoy. Kind of a different topic, not really about the game. So a little bit of a spoiler alert. Be on the lookout for that. I think that it will be fun and We'll, we will maybe touch on it uh, as well here on the primetime show tomorrow night. So have a fantastic Sunday night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. Do me a favor, though, and hit the thumbs up because remember that every like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. I will rewatch the game as I always do tomorrow morning, and we'll get to you with some cooler thoughts for, for this one tomorrow night. First back-to-back 10-win seasons in 95, says Mr. Will Toxic. That should not be ignored. That should not be ignored. All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a good one. Nos vemos. Adios. Hasta mañana. Prime time brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Bye-bye.